Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, good morning, friends. My name is Jericho, and I have the privilege of serving as our family life pastor here at Christ Pacific Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. We know that God has you here for a reason. And for our guests today, um, we thank you for joining us for VBS this week, and welcome to our VBS celebration. All right. <laughs> oh, it's so nice. Um, thank you so much. Today marks the start when we go to one service. Um, we go to one service because we want to spend a lot of relational time connecting afterwards, so you guys are invited to that today, and we're going to be doing it all this this whole summer, all right? There's going to be a Sunday where we're going to have a potluck next Sunday. We're going to have an eat out. We're going to say, hey, we have five restaurants that we've talked to. Let's go bless them, all right? We're going to be the best teppers in the world, all right? We're not going to leave a mess, all right? We're going to speak a blessing over the people waiting tables. Um, here at Christ Pacific, we believe that the kids are not the church of tomorrow or the future. They are part of the church today. Amen. Amen. They have so much to teach us. We know that Jesus in Matthew 19 says, let the children come to me, right? It's not just like this hippie Jesus that says, let the children. He's actually reprimanding the adults. Let them come to me. All right. They have something to teach our community today. And he says, unless you become like these kids, unless you have childlike faith, you cannot be part of my kingdom. Children are the most honest and dare I say, the most hopeful people in this world. So here at Vacation Bible School this past week, we do it because of two things. We want for them to encounter and experience the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And two, we want them to make lifelong friends that they can take to every season of their life, right? So that when they're being a punk in middle school, a friend says, dude, you did VBS with me five years, all right? If they're doing something, you know, if, if they're parenting, they're like, wow, you did VBS with me. Let's send our kids to VBS. All right. Um, around Christmas, we were inspired to have a Star Wars-themed VBS, but then we were like, we can't call it Wars. All right. So we have to come up with something. And simultaneously, this idea of hope was around. We were like, how can we teach um, our community again because you know what? We were tired of being scared. We were tired of having more fear than faith. We were divided politically. We needed hope in this world. So our main idea this past week at VBS is Jesus is our only hope. You guys are going to get to practice the VBS cheer with us this morning, all right? So my little mini Jedis teach your parents, I'm going to say, Jesus, blow my whistle four times. You're like, wait, he had a whistle the whole time? And you guys are going to say, he's our only hope. We're going to practice. Here we go. Jesus, he's our only hope. Wow. 
We got most, we only got the moms, all right? The dads, we need you. Are we ready? Jesus, he's our only hope. Very nice. That's right. So good. All right, should we practice the Yoda version? All right, it goes like this. Jesus, only hope he is. You guys like that. All right, he is our only hope in this world, in this galaxy. He is our hope in this dark, dark world. He is the light of the world and it shines in dark places. We will look at our VBS verse this morning from 1 Timothy 4.10, and we're going to teach you guys the motions. Are you guys ready? Here we go. Put. It's like you're putting something in a box. Put. And then you're going to have two peace signs and look up. Your hope in the living God. And you're going to put your hands together like a Bible, and you're going to say 1 Timothy 4.10. All right. Could I invite you guys to stand up? Let's do our verse, and we're going to pray for our sermon this morning. All right, Jedis, teach. Teach Papa. All right, here we go. Put your hope in the living God. First Timothy 4.10. All right. We're going to whisper it this time and then pray. Here we go. Let's pray. Good morning, God. We thank you that we can put our hope in you. God, would you help us be attentive to your voice now in Jesus' name? Amen. You may be seated. All right. Very nice. Hi there. Our verse comes from the Bible book of Timothy. Hi, Brett. We're not done. Can we all say hi, Brett? Very nice. Always ready. Um, The Apostle Paul was writing to somebody he mentored named Timothy, who was pastoring a church. All right. You guys ready for a definition? Hope is the confident belief in something good. Hope is the confident belief in something good. Do you know who is the best at this? Who is the best at this? Kids. Kids are the best at being hopeful. Um, Adults, we want to invite you guys to remember when you were looking forward to a birthday party, right, to a birthday present, and you were counting on the goodness of mom and dad to throw you the best birthday party for you to receive the best gift in the world because you knew that they were good and their desire for you was good. The same way we put our hope in the living God because he is good and his promises are true and he is faithful. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you hope, and a future. 
God has huge plans and has a hopeful future for all of us. Paul, when he writes to Timothy, says, put your hope in who? In the living God. Hope is the belief that tomorrow will be better than today, and what's going to carry us through is God's goodness and God's faithfulness. I make promises to my kids all the time, and I maybe, I'm, if I get to like a quarter of them, that's a good day. But we know that the Lord, when he makes a promise, it comes to be, right? Right? And so I want you guys to be telling yourselves those stories. Where was I just a year ago? Where were we two years ago? Look at us now. I had three kids. Now I got four. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> the goodness and the promises of God. The question is, do you know who this God is? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know about his goodness? See, God created the world from the smallest, teeniest, tiniest animal to the biggest galaxy by the power of his word. He said, giraffe, right? Um, He steps back from his creation and he says, it's all good. He takes the dust of the earth, he forms man and woman, he breathes life into him, creates him in his image, and he says, it's very good. We are created to reflect God's goodness. You guys know what the application is in here? For the people who are married, as you cultivate your marriage, you're supposed to draw out the good in your marriage. For people that have friendships and relationships, the God's design is so that we would draw out the good in these relationships. You guys know what neighborhoods you guys live in? The design is God said, hey, I want you to buy a house right here. I want you to live in this city because you're supposed to draw out the good in that neighborhood. Right? God has placed you in your places of influences at work, and your job is to draw out the good at work. But you know what? That's, that's very idealistic, right? But because we know that we live in a broken world. There are broken marriages, broken friendships and relationships. There are neighborhoods that are really tough. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I'd rather, remote, I'd rather work remotely at home than to be at work. What do we do? See, these broken relationships and broken systems the Bible calls sin. Sin is anything we say we think or do that hurts other people and it hurts God's heart. And is that it? That's the end of the story. We just have a broken world. No. God makes a promise and he says, I'm going to send you a savior. I'm going to send you somebody who can fix all of these things. All right. And he sends his own son, Jesus, to pay for all of the bad things that we've said, thought, and done. All the things that we've hurt other people, all the things that people have hurt us, Jesus says, I'll make you a promise. And did he deliver in that promise? Yep. He sent Jesus, his own son, the son of God and the savior of the world. Romans 5, 8, it says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you and I to get everything together. 
right? He didn't wait until we could clean the house so we could be hospitable. He says, I'm going to come to you when you were still a mess. And that's the God that we serve. Jesus comes. He lives a perfect life. He dies on the cross for all the broken marriages, the broken friendships, the broken relationships, the broken neighborhoods, the broken systems that we have in this world. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God the Father but through me. And he didn't deserve the death that he, that he got on the cross. Served for criminals. They threw him in the tomb. You guys ready to count three days? One, two, three. Easter Sunday morning, he goes back to life, showing that he has conquered sin and death. Right? So if we believe in our hearts, we declare with our mouths that Jesus, you are my Savior, my Lord, and my friend, the boss of my life. Does that mean all the brokenness will get fixed right now? A little bit, maybe not. But we look forward to a future of God's promise. Paul writes to Timothy because he had a radical encounter with Jesus. So we use the Star Wars theme as a vehicle to teach the kids about the gospel. And the story this week was the transformed life of Saul. Saul was this Jewish boy who grew up, and he was waiting for the Messiah. When Jesus came around, he didn't quite believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he actually had authority to throw Christians in prison to get them killed. But Saul, while he was still breathing murderous threats, he was on his way to Damascus. I love that the Lord didn't say that he met him at the beginning of his journey. It says that he was almost to Damascus. He was like, you know what I mean? It's next exit. Next exit is Damascus. And Jesus meets him in this bright light. And Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting my church? Why are you persecuting me? If there is hope for somebody who is a murderer and who is persecuting Christians, right? There's hope for you and for me. Jesus is our only hope. All right. Jesus shows up to Paul in a bright light and Paul gets blinded for three days. He was so upset. He couldn't eat. He couldn't drink. All he could do was pray. All he could do was pray. And in that little town in Damascus, there was a disciple. We've never heard of him before. This is the first and last time that we'll hear about him. Ananias. He's praying, and the Lord Jesus Christ appears to him and says, Hey, Ananias, there's a guy down Straight Street, Saul. He's been persecuting the Christians. He's having a vision that there's a guy named Ananias to come and pray for him. First of all, if I could hear God's voice, like if I'm just like, you know, hanging out, and then the Lord says, hey, Jericho, like that is so special. Ananias hears the voice of God. Two, the content of the message is this. He's having a vision that a guy named Ananias, so Ananias had no excuse. He's not like, wait, I'm the seventh Ananias in town. Are you sure it's me? He had specific instructions, and he had a choice. Do I risk my life? obey the Lord and I might get killed or do I disobey God and live a comfortable life? 
And this is the hope of the gospel, that we can love our enemies like Jesus. Ananias did it. We know that it's not him that healed blind Saul, but it's Jesus. But he was willing. Are you willing? Are you willing to follow Jesus to even loving our enemies? This week we had two examples where we modeled generosity this week. And this is really to have the kids have a story of generosity. So every VBS we highlight a missionary. We have a missionary that came from Torrance. She moved to Ukraine in February. She was there a couple weeks and then things got crazy over there. She was following the Lord because missionaries do three things. They leave their house, they travel around, and they tell people about Jesus. So we ask the kids this, now we ask the adults, who leaves their house every day? Who travels around? Who tells people about Jesus? Hey, welcome missionaries. And we want the kids to do the same. And so we say at VBS, we're going to raise funds. We're going to raise funds and give 100% of it to that missionary. All right, for the first time, for the first time, we have raised over $1,900 just in the five days. All right. That's a lot of chores. We had a lemonade stand that happened before VBS even started. They had a lemonade stand over the weekend, and they raised so much money. And there was, I think, Thursday night, they had another lemonade stand down Magnolia, that for three hours, they raised over $500. And so, yeah, let's give it up. And we are so happy to give all of that money that we raised to this missionary who's taking care of kids who are orphans and displaced kids in Ukraine, right? And we are trying to teach the kids now, hey, you are part of the kingdom of God. We also got to slime the girls. This is the first. <laughs> um, the other thing is, for crafts, you know, you know the VBS and Sunday school crafts? They either litter the bottom floor of your vans, and they get shoved in little closets in their room. But this year, we made blessing bags. Because every Sunday afternoon, we feed um, our guests here who are struggling with homelessness. And we said, you know what? We're going to make blessing bags. Can you tell us what to put in it? And so they helped us. They said, you need a toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, socks, a granola bar, and a water bottle. All right. And so you guys receive those so that whenever you're driving around, we want the kids to know the story of the Good Samaritan. It's not about the helping because it starts with the noticing. We want the kids to be noticers. Right? And so if you don't have change to give to the panhandlers or you're like, you know what? I'm never going to give them change. I'm a gift card kind of Venmo kind of person. All right. We want the kids to also say, I have a Ziploc bag full of goodies. Can we give them something, mom and dad? And elementary kids, they wrote in there encouraging notes. And we told them, if you don't know what are some encouraging things to say, just put the verse. Because the verse says, put your hope. In the living God. First Timothy 4.10. All right. We are so almost done, friends. Thank you, thank you. 
The question this morning is, do you know this Jesus? Do you know that he is the hope that we have? He is the end of our hope, and he is our example of hope. What do we do now? Number one, if you're like, I don't know what to do, get connected. We're here. We don't bite. We love kids. We love Jesus. All right, so please talk to one of us. We would like to have you get connected. If you've been coming here and you're like, I just don't feel connected, man, please come talk to us. We have a lot of serving opportunities. We have a lot of things um, to offer to our community. If you have left and have come back and this is your first service with us, please get connected once again. If you're new, if you're a preschool family and you're like, oh, this is great. All right, we want for you guys to get connected. Our MOPS group, they're great. All right, um, and if you're wondering, what do I do with the, with the marriage struggles that I'm having, with the friendship struggles that I'm having, with my work situation, I don't know what to do. I have a neighbor. They love leaving the blue trash can out two days, right? And we're going to tell you, hey, we're here for you. We're here to support you. We're here to help you become a good neighbor. It starts with us, right? We're the guys that, like, we got to bring the trash cans in. Um, lead by example. Um, and really, it starts with a softened heart. If you're like, God, I don't even know. I've lost hope. You know, sometimes we get in these funks where, like, there's nothing good that we can see anymore. And we just have to ask the Lord, God, would you soften my heart? Would you help me hope in you again? Would you help me have hope again? And the last thing is prayer. Um, if you have come today and you're like, I just want to receive prayer, please come to one of us. People with name tags. All right. Grab the friend that brought you. Um, we'd love to pray for you. Email us. We consider it a privilege to pray for you. Life gets tough, but we can hope in the Lord. Amen. All right. Let me pray for us and invite the band up. And we're going to sing some songs. Father God, we thank you so much for your love for us. God, we thank you that our hope is in you, that we belong to you. God, thank you for these kids. God, they've taught us more things about hoping, God, than we could ever teach them, Lord. Jesus, we thank you that you value these kids, God, that you value and love us. God, thank you for giving us all the blessings. God, you know what tomorrow will bring. God, I pray for my friends and my families here. You know exactly what context they're coming from. And Lord, you know the hardships they go through. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them today. That that there is a church that loves them so dearly. And even more, that you love us so much. God, would you encounter us in a powerful way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpchb.org.